A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran, your host and author. I hope you are good. I hope that wherever you are, you are enjoying some... Well, summer weather, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, I know a lot of my listeners are in Australia where I believe even in winter, it's still quite pleasant. I am by myself for this episode, a solo episode. I haven't done one in a while and I felt it was time. I'm nearing the end of this season and I decided to just take stock and I've lost count of the amount of episodes I've done at this stage. Um, and there's been so many really useful pearls of wisdom and takeaways and tools and tips and things that I have been able to action myself that have made such a massive difference for me to help me to continue owning anxiety in the way that I do to the point that it's something I like when it comes to acute anxiety like panic attacks or you know really intense waves of anxiety they're almost non-existent now um and that's a huge hugely down to the conversations that I've had here the work that I've done um, so I wanted to just pull together what for me have been eight key learnings from across all the series. Um, so eight things, eight reminders maybe, eight things to keep in mind. Maybe you could jot these down. Um, maybe this is an episode you'll return to again and again. It's just a short one when you need a refresher or a reminder of the things that really make a huge difference. This is by no means the definitive list of key takeaways. There are so many more episodes I could dive into and, and pull apart the key message from, but I'm just going to go with eight here. So let's, let's crack onto them. Oh, actually, before I do that, let me remind you again, please, if you are suffering with any kind of acute anxiety, waves of anxiety, panic attacks, social anxiety, anything that feels very physical and very much stops you in the middle of your day, whether it's morning or night or at work or on public transport, please consider signing up for Owning It Real Time. I have had the most incredible feedback from those of you who have signed up. It's 10 euro, a one-off payment. You do not need to keep paying for it. It's once off and you access a library of real-time audio guides that help you. And it's really putting in place all of what I'm about to discuss into 
a guide into a 10 minute audio guide or less that you can listen to right in the moment that you're feeling anxiety and it will make a massive difference not only in that moment but for all the future moments that may come. So you can sign up in the podcast show notes here in the description of the episode there'll be a link or if you go to the bio on my Instagram page at Caroline Foran or at Owning a Podcast. Now the first thing and probably one of the most recent ones that's been fresh in my head is for my conversation with Dr. Brian McLean and that's learning about emotional literacy which is sort of the going to college part of owning your anxiety. He told me about the four components of an emotion, the thought, the feeling, the bodily reaction and the behavioral response. So with anxiety we are not trying to stamp out or stop the emotion, that is not the goal, that used to be the goal of mine I thought that was the goal. I thought that was where I needed to get to. It is not. And it's such a futile effort. Anxiety is a very normal human emotion that's going to come. We really just need to observe the emotion coming and let it play out. And where we have power is to work on the behavioral response. The last piece of the of the four parts, uh, the four part journey of, a, of an emotion. And when we learn to work on that behavioral response, over time, it will start to influence the types of thoughts that we experience. So it will not just make it easier to recover from an anxious moment, but it will make them less likely to pop up. Typically with anxiety, our most automatic behavior is to avoid something or to retreat from it. But as Dr. Brian tells me, and this really stuck with me, avoidance is the fuel of anxiety. It soothes the anxiety, the anxiety right there in the moment. It's very effective in the in the immediate short term. But if you consistently choose to avoid the source of your anxiety, you cannot overcome it or change how it makes you feel for the long term. We have to approach our anxiety in a practical way. And this episode with Brian, although the focus of our chat was on phobias, offers a really great insight into how to approach our anxiety or what's causing it in a very controlled and measured way. This for me was what my CBT, my cognitive behavioral therapy efforts looked like many, many years ago when I would have been experimenting with dipping my toe into an anxiety inducing scenario, fully anticipating and expecting and allowing for the feelings of anxiety to come and going with, uh, going in with a plan of what I would do or what I would say to myself or remind myself of when the inevitable happened and when I felt the anxiety. This has been such a huge, huge element like a non-negotiable bit you can't skip of me getting to a place where anxiety that was this severe isn't really no longer an issue for me. Number two is the wisdom of Dr. Kristen Neff, who is the first person, woman, to operationally define self-compassion and really bring it into the neuroscience scientific space as opposed to just like a woo-woo nice idea of, of being kind to yourself. Self-compassion is one of the most important and effective antidotes to anxiety in the moment that you're experiencing it and overall. It was the last piece of the puzzle for me. Um, I think for so long I led with self-criticism and I thought that, you know, being that harsh on myself would kind of motivate myself or kick my ass into not feeling anxious and it never, ever, ever transpired that way. Self-criticism, learning the difference between self-criticism and self-compassion or self-kindness has been a game changer for me. So self-criticism, like I say, we think it will be self-motivating. We think, you know, we have to be tough love when actually what that does on a biological level is it keeps the stress responses going. The adrenaline or cortisol or the combination of both, it just 
stimulates that more. It's like you're launching an attack on yourself. So as much as you think it's going to be effective, it, it actually perpetuates anxiety, makes it worse or the stress worse. On the other hand, self-compassion has been shown to almost immediately down-regulate those stress hormones and calm your system down and help you regulate so much sooner than you ever would if you just went in with self-criticism. So I have really worked hard to swap self-criticism out for self-compassion and it's not easy because self-criticism is something we have learned and it's so automatic Um, and I'm still very capable of being hard on myself but if I get into a state of feeling anxious I know that I'm not going to come out of it until I say okay let's put the self-compassion hat on here and what I do is it's very simple and straightforward I'm just so unbelievably kind to myself and I don't diminish what I'm feeling I don't say it's ridiculous I don't say you know god what right have you got to feel this way I don't say you sh- you know you have everything going for you shouldn't be feeling this way I don't use any of those should languages I say here you are you're feeling overwhelmed you're feeling anxious for whatever the reason may be it's really hard right now it feels really uncomfortable it's not nice but that's okay there's nothing wrong with you you are not weak you are not less than and I ask myself what would make me feel better in this moment? What would help me? What would soothe me? What would help to downregulate me or make me feel more comfortable? What can I do for the rest of the day that would be really kind to myself? Are there things that I want to step back from? Are there decisions that I can make or can I change my mind about something that would be the, the kindest thing that I can do for myself? It's really that simple. It's just understanding that self-compassion is about self-kindness and understanding our common humanity that we all are capable of feeling it um, and then putting in place that way of thinking and that way of speaking to yourself that allows that stress response to just calm down and actually when you do that and you're really kind to yourself and even if you like it's I know I would have rolled my eyes at this years ago but like if you can get into really comfortable clothing and and make your senses sort of satisfied all of that will trigger the more favorable hormones so if that wasn't enough to sell me on self-compassion and then like practicing it and, and experiencing it and noticing how much quicker I move beyond a phase of anxiety when I do that then I interviewed Dr. Michael Kane, who is probably my most listened to expert of all time and he said and I'll never forget this if self-compassion was a pill we would each take it every single day that is how powerful an antidote to stress and anxiety it is yet because it's something that we practice ourselves and requires effort and it's not just something that you find in a bottle we kind of dismiss it as something airy fairy but no it is very very much grounded in neuroscience and if I could go back to my book owning it and like make a third of it dedicated to the power of self-compassion I would number three Dr. Ethan Cross um he is the author of Chatter he's an incredible neuroscientist as well they really, I really, <laughs> I'm a fan of the neuroscience and um, he just explains things in a very digestible way. He taught me that all of our emotions have a time course. Um, that is, they're triggered, then they peak and then they eventually do end. Even if you think about some of your most extreme reactions, they did eventually calm down. Even if it was like wailing, crying over a breakup or because you hurt yourself physically, every peak 
settles again. So reminding yourself of this when you're in the throes of an anxious wave or a feeling of panic will go such a long way in reducing the fear around it. You just have to ride the wave and believe that what goes up must come down. Because nobody, not even my toddler who is capable of such extremes, has ever stayed stuck at the most intense end of an emotion and not have it settled. Even if I do nothing, even if you don't engage in any interventions and you don't apply self-compassion and you don't breathe or whatever, even if you just lie there, every emotion will run its course. So you have to let the feeling run its course and know that actually the time frame, the time course is relatively short. I know it feels longer, but when you step back and look at it, even a panic attack itself, it's it can be a matter of seconds. Let the anxiety come, let it rise, let it fall, and then engage what he refers to as temporal distancing. So you acknowledge the moment that you are in and then you ask yourself, how might I feel about this, whatever the stressful thing is, in a week's time or in two weeks' time or in a month's time or a year's time? This becomes really effective when you think of stresses or anxiety around, you know, work. Oh my God, I have to have this meeting or I made this mistake or I've said this wrong thing. You know, if you can ask yourself the question, how am I going to feel about this in a year's time? You're going to feel totally fine about it if not have forgotten about it. So engaging in that mental time travel machine, stepping into your own mental time travel machine is is really effective. What it, this mental exercise does is it makes it clear that as awful as this is, it will pass. And that in turn gives you hope and reassurance. And as Dr. Ethan Cross says to me, hope is actually just being able to feel hopeful is a really powerful antidote to any stress response. Also from Dr. Ethan Cross, he taught me that when I was talking to him about, you know, how to regulate myself when I'm trying to help my child regulate himself and how worked up I can get, we are all predisposed to have our own stress response triggered when we see others, particularly people that we love or care a lot about in any kind of distress. And empathy is such an admirable trait. It's wonderful. It's We need a lot more of it in this world, but it can lead you to experience a lot of anxiety on behalf of others. And that's been a real tricky tightrope to walk for myself. So what is really important is to just start by being mindful of this predisposition. It's the first step, I think, to then learning how to regulate yourself around other people's distress. And for that, uh, we were talking specifically about how to self-regulate when our children are upset or when they're hurting. Just that awareness piece for me is always so important. Okay, what's happening? Why is this happening? Well, it's happening because try as I might, it's built into me to have this reaction because someone I care about is upset. That's not something you want to change, but you need to know that it, there are ways then to kind of separate your, your experience from theirs. Number five, our prefrontal cortex, which is our best defense against anxiety overall, that doesn't fully develop until we're 25 years of age. This came up across a range of different experts. I've heard it so many times. Knowing this has helped me massively and it really helps those of you listening who might be under the age of 25, I believe, or to someone who is a parent of someone under that age, because it kind of lets you off the hook to realize and give yourself a break that you are working with an underdeveloped, still very much in the works brain. So you might find it because of that a little bit harder to mitigate your worries or to get a handle on your emotions. I know I certainly did. Your ability to feel fear and store long-term memories and to react anxiously is perfectly formulated at that point. You're firing on all cylinders with those more primitive parts of the brain. They're the first to kind of emerge because they're the bits that we need to ensure our survival. But the topmost part of our brain, that prefrontal cortex, is the more sophisticated, more um, executive functioning part of our brain. That's like the last thing to fully develop. 
Um, and that's the part that can help calm down or rationalize a bad memory or help you, you know, understand um, like the significance of a breakup in the context of the rest of your life. Whereas, you know, when I was a teenager, it was the end of the actual world. Your brain's just not there yet. I experienced the bulk of my anxiety all through my teens, but also it really heightened just at that point of turning 25, which I think is really overlooked, um, but pretty significant, a pretty significant life stage where we are really stepping into our adult brain and it can take a little getting used to. And from then on, it has gotten so much easier. So if you're in your mid-20s or your early 20s and you're feeling, you know, really affected by anxiety, it's going to get easier easier purely for the fact that your brain will catch up and then it will be on a level playing field with the more primitive fear parts of your brain and then you really are at the races to be able to put in place the strategies and coping mechanisms and it's not to say you can't be effective before 25 it's just worth knowing that you should go easier on yourself if you are below this age if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Number five is one of my own realizations. Um, I did an episode dedicated to this that really a lot of you listened to and really appreciated. And that was my own thinking that kind of reframing anxiety as a compass. So I've always thought of anxiety as like the enemy, something to get rid of, like a virus or even, I mean, I've had images in my head of like paranormal activity of it taking over my body and being possessed. And it made me so afraid of it and really just hate the feeling and want so badly to be different. I've moved so far from that and now I really see anxiety as like it's got my back it's trying to warn me of something it's trying to keep me safe it's a little bit too vigilant it's a little bit too hyper it's like an overbearing parent but one of my most recent thinkings uh, or thoughts I don't even speak anymore 
is that anxiety really is like a compass that steers you back or redirects you when you have lost your footing. So for me, it comes back to values. If we are living in alignment with our values, and again, that sounds very like manifestation, which I am not keen on, but if you can if you lose sight of that and you start to work in a job that really doesn't serve your values well and like or a relationship that really goes against what you know you need in your life, then anxiety almost pops up in, in a useful way to remind you, hang on a second, you've gone off course here, we need to redirect you back to your values. So reframing anxiety in this way is having a helpful purpose to realign us with our values, particularly when it comes to things like relationship anxiety or workplace anxiety, um, has been really helpful for me and a really nice way to take the horns off it and take the fear off it. Like, what is my anxiety? Instead of saying, what is my anxiety saying about me, which I used to say, like, God, it's saying you're weak, it's saying you can't cope. I say now, what is my anxiety saying to me? Okay, it's saying that this is not the right place for you to be or it's saying that you don't do well when you take on too much or this kind of work is not what you're supposed to be doing and if your anxiety is your compass then your values if you can get clear on them which I have an episode entirely dedicated to is like your north star number where am I oh I think I've messed up my numbers I shall keep going I think that was actually number yeah I've definitely numbered these wrong typical right I'm gonna stop numbering them now it's about eight or nine I was watching an episode of Never Have I Ever, which I thoroughly enjoy, and you can find wisdom and um, pearls of wisdom and, and just incredible insights in the most unlikely of places. It doesn't have to be in, you know, talking to an expert. And um, Nalini, the mother um, in the show, says to her daughter, who doesn't, she doesn't get her offer to her desired college. And she says, and just stuck with me so much, even when things don't work out, they usually end up still working out. It's such a simple line. It sounds like, okay, whatever. But how many times in life has something not worked out only for you to realize that eventually or in time, actually things did work out the way they were meant to? This doesn't obviously refer to people getting unwell. I don't think it's helpful to say that that was ever meant to be or is part of the plan. But for a lot of things that we experience that go wrong, whether it's in work or relationships or even with friendships, or not getting the things that you want to get, or getting reaching the milestones you want to get to. In the moment, it feels like they're not working out, but usually they end up, everything ends up resolving in in some way, maybe in a way that you didn't expect. And that for me is just a really nice thought to keep in the back pocket when it comes to anxiety, um, or getting anxious about you know things happening in life. Susan Cain, author of Quiet and Bittersweet, um, she really taught me to just give yourself a break. I mean, obviously the goal of the podcast is to help people better understand and manage their anxiety and it requires a lot of work. But there are times um, when it's just, we need to just put our feet up and just stop trying to better ourselves. So while I said earlier that anxiety is often fueled by avoidance, which is true, there are days and times where we should not push ourselves at all. There are days, and you know what those days feel like, when we just need to allow ourselves to retreat and say, okay, I know I want to own this stuff. And this kind of is still part of owning it, but I'm I'm already doing the work and today I'm going to take it easy. Susan says we do not need to be engaged in this constant Herculean effort to better ourselves. We do not have to be moving forward all the time every day. It is exhausting. We can stay still for a while and that can be part of it. Like that rest and doing nothing is part of it. We can cancel our plans or get under the duvet or eat the shitty food or watch the shitty TV. So just know when to push and when not to. This one relates to sleep and it has been a game changer for me. I interviewed Heather Darwall-Smith and a number of other experts on sleep across the series um, and what she said really rang true. 
You do not need to be as anxious as you might be about having your eyes shut with your mind in a deep sleep for like a solid eight hours a night. Yes, that would be lovely. And yes, sleep is very important. And it's like the foundation of of our mental health. But when we start to think of sleep in a performative, overly measured way, it leads to anxiety around sleep. And that is then, it's like a self-perpetuating monster. If you find yourself lying there panicking about getting to sleep or being kept awake for whatever reason, the next best thing that you can do is simply to allow your body to rest. It doesn't have to be unconscious to get enormous value and restorative benefits from resting. It really doesn't. And I've been told this by like the most incredible clinical psychologists as well and neuroscientists. So keep telling yourself it is okay. Like they've looked at the brain. They can see what happens to a brain that is resting and a brain that's asleep. And there's still massive benefits to resting. So tell yourself it's okay. I I don't need to be under pressure here to sleep. Give yourself permission just to rest. Take the pressure off. Focus on various parts of your body resting on the mattress. Get into the physical feeling. Allow your mind to wander wherever it may and just believe, like get it into your head that rest really is the next best thing. I've gotten so confident in this truth about rest that once I get myself into that mindset, if I do find myself tossing and turning a lot at night, I'm so much quicker to actually drift off because I'm not trying to. Probably the most significant thing for me has been to embrace the technique called flooding and that kind of sums up owning it. Feeling it, and this is like a lot like me talking earlier about the, the time frame of, of an emotion. Feeling it, allowing it to happen. Whereas for so long I was trying so desperately to cognitively think my way out of feelings of intense anxiety or think myself out of them popping up in the future and that just doesn't work. When we are in a state of acute anxiety, our cognition goes out the window. Where the cognition helps, I think, is in between those intense moments to help you sort of put it into context and help you prepare for the next time it might happen. I think that's where the cognition is really effective. When we're in the moment of anxiety, we're kind of a lot more primal and physical and we are being led by our amygdala. Flooding, a term shared with me by Dr. Harry Barry, who was another of my most listened to expert guests, involves kind of doing nothing. So visualize yourself grounded to the floor or stuck to a chair. I actually like to imagine myself as a mountain really rooted to the earth and all the feelings and sensations and the weather is just washing over you. It's happening all around you. And and for this reason, I actually, I'm think I'm going to get a tattoo of the outline of a mountain on my wrist that I can just remind myself of. So your body, when it's in that state, is flooding with adrenaline. And while it's deeply uncomfortable, like it really is deeply uncomfortable, and this can be really scary, it is entirely harmless. So when you sit through it like this, eventually your amygdala learns, okay, we're not actually in any harm here. It kind of catches up. It realizes, oh, actually, the person that we're running away from in the movie, the horror movie, isn't actually the person that we need to be running away from. And it slows down that adrenaline production in your body. Not only does it start to cop on in that precise moment, meaning your wave of anxiety will probably be less heightened and you'll move beyond it quicker, it will remember it for the next time. The feelings will get less and less intense. The gaps between these experiences will grow longer. And eventually, as they have for me, they will fade out to be almost non-existent. If it does rise up against you to whatever stresses that your life may throw at you, you simply root yourself back down, let the mountain experience all that weather happening all around you, be it rain or hail, and trust that it will move off and the sun will come back out. These are just some of my favourite takeaways across all seasons of owning it. I thought it would be really helpful to just pull them all together for when you need a reminder, or even when I need a reminder, because I still do sometimes. And I hope this episode has been helpful for you. I hope that you will dive back into some of the ones that took your fancy there and continue enjoying and listening to Owning It. Thank you thus far for all of your support. Thank you if you have signed up to Owning It Real Time. It means the world to me and I'll be back very soon.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.